Coming to you from the Big Island of Hawaii, it's the Songs and Stories Podcast. And now, here's your host, Steve Roby. Aloha and welcome to the Songs and Stories Podcast, the show where we interview the Big Island's most talented musicians. On today's episode, I'm very honored to have Gary Washburn as a guest. He's the music director at Honoka'a High School. Welcome, Gary. Aloha. Hey, aloha. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the show. You're such a legend here on the Big Island. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be. I can't go any place without somebody saying, Hi, Mr. Washburn, how are you? That's a good thing. It's been a long haul. A long haul. Under your leadership, your music program at the school has received numerous honors, including a Grammy Signature Schools Award. Several guests that I've had on the show went through your class and are now professional musicians. Tell me about your mm-hmm. course at the school and some of the folks that have passed through your doors. Most of the folks that have uh, continued into music uh, actually came through the ensemble class. They also played with the jazz band, but they came through the ensemble class. And my ensemble class is aimed at uh, trying to educate uh, uh, the kids so they can step into local the local music scene. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's quite a bit different than stepping into uh, the music scene on the mainland, for an instance, right. because it has a lot of ethnicity to to it and how you use that. So I've had some uh, some. Let me see. Kamakoa Singh is probably the most um, famous of all, only because he not only has received uh, Nahoku awards, but he also received a Grammy. Mm-hmm. I think a uh, year before last as having something to do with uh, Kalani Pea's oh, okay. uh, Grammy Award. I, and Ryan Hiroka, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Rubber Slipper Productions, right. and uh, uh, Maylena Braun, who is working hard at the business. Let me see, Noah Eads. Right, uh, great drummer. Everybody around here knows Noah. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Higgins. I've had uh, him on Higgins. as a guest, yeah. R.J. Connie Howe, that's way back there, you know. <laughs> R.J. started out with uh, Michael Jack- Jackson impersonations when he was about in uh, elementary school, actually. Right, he was telling me about that. What grades do you teach and what what mix of students do you get? Um, I teach 7 through 12. I, I get uh, all of the nationalities, Hawaiian, uh, Japanese, Filipino, uh, Haole, um, quite a few different mixes and of course their backgrounds are different and I think because of that mix that we have in the community I had to be when I started teaching I had to be sensitive to that understand how to direct kids and teach them and get them interested in music because jazz was not uh, on the top of the list when I started out took me a number of years to get kids to be aware of how much fun playing jazz is and Mm -hmm. how it's interrelated to all of the other musics, country, western, Hawaiian, it's all the same bag. Is it it hard for them to uh, comprehend jazz as a music form since I've never heard it really played on the radio stations here other than, say, HBR? Uh, It's funny because I don't know if you know who Bailey Matsuda is. He teaches at Kamehameha Schools now. He was in the original band just in time, et cetera, et cetera. And he, back in the day, back in the 1970s, he did a radio show out of, uh, 
Hilo, and he'd be playing John Coltrane and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. And these uh, cane truck drivers, they'd call in, you know, and say, "Hey, that was crazy," you know. <laughs> so it was really funny. But that was a jazz show back uh-huh. when. Wow. Yeah, I wish we still had that uh, that diversity on the airwaves anywhere. But, yes. But everything has changed. How has the uh, the pandemic changed teaching music for you? It, it, I'm sure the classroom looks a lot different now. Well, of course, it's distance learning, so I don't even see the kids other oh, okay. on the computer. And uh, to be frank, uh, it really is just uh, demolished my program and the flow of my program. Mm, I bet. I'm still doing it, but if you don't have personal contact with students, um, particularly in rural Hawaii, then it's, it's just terrible. It mm. just takes the legs right out out from under it. Can you describe? I guess it's through uh, through Zoom, and uh, is the screen broken up into like I don't know, twelve different students or more? Or? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, my largest class is. 30, but, you know, it, it's all broken up. So as a result, no, they can't play together. Mm, mm. We don't have the technology for them to play together. And I'm just learning the ropes and how to adjust to this. My beginner band, I'm, instead of doing instruments, I'm teaching them all keyboard. Uh, because if they understand keyboard, then mm, they can mm. teach themselves a lot of other instruments. My Eighth grade band, which I started last year, I have them playing instruments, but I can't deal with them all at once. I have to deal with each group of instruments. Mm. String class is the same way. Uh, we're trying to get permission to uh, rehearse together at least once once a week. But otherwise, it's just teaching technique and theory, mm. which is just sucks the fun right out of playing music. I can imagine. It sounds like quite a challenge. It is. I'm hanging hanging in there and I have to say it is not fun and fun has always been one of my baselines in terms of teaching you know if if I'm not having fun if the students are not having fun we shouldn't be doing it uh, I don't know about the students I they're trying you know young people are so vibrant and mm-hmm. live and flexible but for me I'm not having fun doing it oh boy it was such a joy to see several of your shows and watch you tutor them on a on a stage like uh, the Honoka'a People's Theater, which is about 500 seats, or the Hilo Palace Theater, which is about maybe the same or a little bit more. And what an opportunity for a high school jazz band to play a large venue like that. And then at times you would bring in uh, a blues legend like Johnny Nicholas to play with them. Uh, before Johnny, we I had this uh, lady that... Uh, booked us every time we every year when we'd go to Honolulu and do our tour. The uh, first experience for a lot of students was playing a joint. We actually played a bar over there, and this is years ago. And then when Johnny came, uh, we got to c- tour with him and do the the same thing. Because when he came with Marshall Ball, we went to all of the island, played this place on uh, on Maui uh, that was just uh, just a bar. We had to go through the a liquor commission, you know, to right. get permits. It gives them the real experience of what it's like to be a professional traveling musician. And the five years that we have got to tour with Johnny has just really uh, done wonders for the students and and understanding how to have fun with basically a, a simple kind of music. I mean. Blues is blues, and uh, if you get so that you can enjoy that, then you 
can expand from there. Right. Let's talk about your music career. What got you interested in the first place and what kept your passion going enough to make it a career for you? A lot of people know I started out uh, in veterinarian medicine right after uh, high school, but I I was already playing with the Chatelake 8. Very popular, ahead of its time band. Two trumpets, three saxes, a rhythm section, and then we had some singers. That's where I started. You know, I learned more from that band maybe than I did in the nine years of college that I had. What city but, was this? Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Was, oh, okay. The band was out of Stillwater, Oklahoma at OSU, Oklahoma State University. Okay. And they traveled all over. And uh, my brother had to go into the National Guard, and I ran, which was to Hawaii because I had a teaching assistantship. Ah, okay. At Hawaii. One one of the CDs you sent over features the Honoka'a Jazz Band, and it's uh, kind of got a unique cover. It's called Bandemic. Very clever. There's uh, the little coronavirus uh, floating around everywhere on the <laughs> on the cover there. I put out a CD for the last eighteen years. Wow. Uh, every year. And I just swore that, I, you know, when everything was happening, I went, I have to get this band recorded. I waited until school was out, and then I got my main players, I think about a 15, 16-piece mm-hmm. group, and uh, found a hideaway to go and do the recording. And we did it in three days. Wow. One day to record, uh, one day to just rehearse, because we hadn't even seen any each other for two months day to rehearse and then uh, next two days we recorded well let's give it a listen it's called the okie dokie stomp by the honoka'a jazz band uh featuring gary washburn and what are you playing on this track baritone baritone I, sax on, yeah that's my love baritone saxophone all right well here comes the okie dokie stomp here on songs and stories
how's it going everyone? This is Michael Supernaut with Mana Music and Media Productions and you're listening to the Songs and Stories podcast with Stephen Roby. Please visit our website, manamusicandmedia.com, and learn more about our broadcast quality audio, video, and photography production services. manamusicandmedia.com Okay, we're back on Songs and Stories with my special guest today, Gary Washburn. Gary, uh, tell me, besides working with the students at Honoka'a High, you also perform gigs with local musicians of various places on the island and venture into the recording studio now and then with them. Uh, who are some of the local people that you've recorded with? I did a uh, CD with Alex Cherney and Noah Eads and Doug Johnson, which is called Earth Life. October Full Moon. It's a suite like a day, a Life in a Day was. Both of them were suites of tunes that were all interrelated to kind of a plot. It was all recorded live. I was pleased with the way it came out. I'm always stimulated by who I get to write for. Mm. I always try to write, uh, not that I'm anything like Duke Ellington, but you know, he always wrote for who he had in the band and what what their talent was about, what to feature them. So I've done the same thing in the groups I've written for and tried to make music with. I always write to try and complement their abilities. Let's jump into this album called Earth Life, October Full Moon, and listen to the track of The Way of Nature here on Songs and Stories.
Hey, how's it? It's your man, Lil Paco Roots. Thank you for listening to the Songs and Stories podcast with Stephen Roby. You can find my music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube, and as well as all other musical streaming platforms. You can also find me, Lopaka Roots with a Z, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can find some of my music coming up soon. Oh, living my best life, yeah. The students that have passed through your class, is there a single message that you want to pass on for them to remember as they go forward in life? Is there something you leave with them that is inspirational, say? Just hang in there with music. Make sure you're sharing it. Anybody that has talent, anybody that is plays music, has a responsibility to share it with other people. Exactly. So we're going to play uh, the third CD you sent over. It's uh, called Sassy by Washburn. I'm assuming that Washburn is you. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it uh, says on the uh, the liner notes here that it was recorded at Charles Michael Brotman's studio, Lava Tracks, up in Waimea. I'm sure there's more of a story to tell about the album. And the track we're going to play is May 78. Fill in the gaps there for me, Gary. May 78. Uh, was a tune that I wrote for uh, originally for Justin Time back in the day. And it's a, an exciting tune. It seems like all of the musicians that recorded at this time really enjoyed playing on it. And I'm and it's just uh, May 78, May 1978. Something significant about that date? or No, not really. You know, when I got Justin Time together, it was pretty much overshadowed by Ox. And Ox became Sea Wind. And Sea Wind um, went uh, to the mainland, and most of the musicians in Sea Wind became artists uh, with Quincy Jones. A lot of you know uh, writers, arrangers, players—they are just awesome band, just Mm. amazing band. So there was a lot of influence uh, from the music they were doing, which was original, also on my music and i would say they definitely had a influence on may 78 i i think it's a very up-to-date tune still yet yeah well before we go is there anything else you'd like to add oh i'd just like to thank you steve for having me on and oh, interviewing me and uh let me run my mouth about myself <laughs> you're a legend just, gary uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm told. I can't go anyplace without somebody going, hey, Mr. Washburn, how are you doing? You know, and I, I'm sorry, I, I go, uh, in my mind, I go, uh, who are you? you know, sometimes I go, they tell me who they are, and they go, oh, I graduated in uh, 1979. And I go, oh, man, that's so far back, I can't think. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you do it well, Gary, and thank you for all you do for our students. Uh, the community and the great music that you've created over the years where the Big Island is in awe of you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And again, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, let's play May 78 off of um, Sassy by Washburn here on Songs and Stories. Aloha, Gary. Aloha, Steve.
Thanks for listening to the Songs and Stories podcast. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next week on Songs and Stories. Aloha. Aloha.